Welcome to the Blockchain Hustle, where I take a look at some interesting plays of how blockchain technology is opening up new business vistas across multiple industries. Hi everyone, this is your host Meenu Sareen with another episode of the podcast Blockchain Hustle. Now in this podcast series, we are talking about how does a blockchain network and its underlying token get its economic value. So as I mentioned in the previous episode, the introductory episode for the series, we are talking about a few underlying questions on this. And I am sharing the learnings on that in this particular series. So before I go any further, let me just speak a little bit about the tokens, the kind of tokens specifically. Now, broadly speaking, we split the tokens, we categorize the tokens into two parts. One of them is what we call as the protocol token. The protocol token or the native tokens, or sometimes loosely we call it as digital coins. Now, these protocol tokens, they are tokens or assets which are native or intrinsic to their own blockchain. So, for example, Bitcoin is a token on the Bitcoin blockchain. Ether is a token on the, it's a protocol token, and its protocol is the Ethereum blockchain. Ether is native to the Ethereum blockchain. And these tokens, they are a part of the blockchain crypto economic incentive mechanism, something which you need to keep the blockchain running. Then you have the second layer, or the application layer tokens, and they are loosely called just as tokens. These are the tokens which are built on top of an existing blockchain. So they are often called on-chain tokens. For example, the tokens which are built on the Ethereum platform are called the ERC20 tokens. And anyone can make their own custom token on these existing blockchains. So for example, if I were to make a token uh, on Ethereum, I make an ERC20 compliant token and I can call it as, let's say, Minu token. Further, these coins and tokens, they can function as payment tokens, utility tokens, asset tokens, etc. And mostly, I'll be referring to the tokens and the coins here as interchangeable in this podcast series. So just for this particular series, I'm putting it as interchangeable. Now, coming back to a base question, which is that how does a network and its underlying token get its economic value? Now, the first thought, the first thought that comes is, let's increase the transactions on the network, and then that would increase the underlying token price. Let the network or the platform be widely used. Go for multiple transactions, high transaction volumes. Now, will the token price increase? just like you have in the mobile applications. Now, we see here a couple of valuation metrics, velocity and liquidity. Now, in this episode, I would be delving into this term velocity. Now, what is velocity? Velocity is basically the number of times that a token is exchanged. Higher the token usage, more time the exchange takes place, and higher is that token velocity. Now, traditional uh, macroeconomics, they use a simple equation to value a medium of exchange. And here we have this equation is 
MV is equal to PT, where M is the total money supply, V is the velocity of money, P is the price level, which is the price of the goods and the services in, time, in terms of the currency. And the currency price is actually the inverse of P. And the fourth one is the transaction volume. It's the economic value of the transactions per day or a certain period. So this was the macroeconomic equation when we were talking about cash, about fiat. Now, Vitalik Buterin, who is the co-founder and the inventor of Ethereum, he took this monetary exchange equation and he put it into the crypto token concept. And this became MC is equal to TH, where M, again, the total money supply, M here is the total number of tokens or the total number of coins. And C is the token price, is the inverse of P, the price level. T is the transaction volume, which is the same. And H is now the hold time. That is the amount of time that a user holds the coin or token before using it to make a transaction. So you see this whole time is actually nothing but the inverse of velocity. And velocity is the number of times the token exchanges hands. So you have this equation MC is equal to TH. And you see that the left side of this equation MC is basically just the market capitalization. So when we talk about the token price, which is C, C is nothing but TH by M, going by that equation, right? Now, looking at this equation, if we were to have a higher C, a higher token price, we should have a higher T, the transaction volume should be high, the hold time should be high, and then the total number of tokens in the circulation should be low. So when we talk about that the hold time should be high, we are saying that the velocity should be low. Now, because we are talking about velocity, let's take a couple of scenarios. The first scenario is when the velocity is low. Velocity is low, the hold time is high. So what happens is that when we are reducing velocity, C should increase, correct? But do note that this velocity it's also related with the transaction volume. Because if you are reducing the velocity, the transaction volume would also go down. We need a certain amount of transactional volumes for the token economy. If nobody is transacting, everybody is holding, then there is no demand. The token price will go down because we are not creating any demand. And some of the ways in which the token projects, they work towards reducing velocity is, one example is when you need to stake your coins or your tokens, you lock up your assets or tokens for a certain amount of time. This reduces the velocity. Or another way is when the token becomes a store of value, something like a currency. So this was the scenario when the velocity is low. Let's take the second scenario, which is what happens when the velocity is too high? Now, when a token is just a medium of exchange for a certain service, and there is no incentive for me to hold that token, the transaction volumes would be high, 
and there would be a high velocity. But the C factor, the cost of that token will not be affected. When people are not holding a token, when there is no incentive, there is no compelling reason for them to do so, then it doesn't actually capture the protocol value. So for example, when we see platforms are very widely used and the, it processes tens of billions of dollars of transactions on that platform, the price of the underlying token does not appreciate. Only the volume and the economic value of the transactions on the platform, it's high. The underlying token price does not appreciate. So ideally, the velocity is to be maintained within a certain range. What is that range? <laughs> I've yet to figure that out. But the key takeaway here for me was that the token velocity is a key lever to influence the long-term intrinsic value of the token. And we are talking about holding and not just the usage. So this was a brief on the velocity and how it affects the price of the token. In the next episode, or the next couple of episodes, I would speak on the second lever, which is liquidity. So till then, stay safe and have a good time. Thanks. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Blockchain Hustle. Did you enjoy this podcast? If so, please do leave a short review. Like it, share it, download it, subscribe to it. What should I talk about next? Please do let me know your suggestions by writing to me at minu at vlsiconsultancy.com or through any of the other contact channels as shared in the episode notes. Thanks.